We had her. Okay, here's good. Start it up. Nobody talks. Nobody talks. Nobody talks. Yes. This is the Nobody Talks Shidduchim podcast. Okay. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another infamous and spectacular episode of Nobody Talks Shidduchim Podcast. 95, your mental health get-up. Uh, mental health get-up, does that make sense? Where I'm from, it's like the get-up. What's your get-up? Make sense? Sure. Okay, we may change it, so we'll see. Mental health is a topic today. Focus on this topic of mental health and other mental health topics, depression, disorders, etc. We're gonna hear we're here to chat with David Ezo, who is the host of Don't Worry About It podcast. And a eight year dater? Five year dater? Twenty year dater? I'm I don't count. <laughs> I just okay, so unknown. Um, but dude, thanks for coming on the sh- the uh, podcast. I was gonna say show again. Thanks for having me. It's you know? an honor to be here. And you've been a do you've been a big supporter from the beginning. Like that's, uh, yeah. I believe when you see something that someone's doing that you really enjoy or respect, I think it's important to signal to them because as somebody who did a podcast, who's doing a podcast, you have to understand like how important it is for people to give you that feedback because it matters, especially in the beginning when the early days. It's what drives you to keep going because the doubt that gets into your head: Am I do? Should I be doing this? Am I saying everything that's right? So even gentlest feedback matters especially if you can give authentic feedback. So when I saw what you guys were doing and it hit a little home, especially as a topic, as a guy who's you know dating and been in the game, you got to show respect. Feedback is big. Feedback is crucial. I think people conflate like real feedback from like BS f- feedback. And it definitely has a big way on mental health. So I'll give you a, a walk you through a little scenario. You're at work, you're trying to do a good job, you're getting a bonus, you're not getting a bonus, you're up for uh, you know, a bump um, promotion, you're going to ask for feedback. I want feedback, give it to me, I want to get better, I get, you know. Great. I think that's a great scenario that uh, depicts like what, what circumstances would warrant a, a, you know, some constructive feedback. Now, in regards to like dating, if you're dealing with a matchmaker, if you're if you're getting set up with friends, whatever the arrangement may be, it's like here's a little feedback for you, right? Here's a little feedback. I'm not sure if it's you know the place anymore for that. Like, what are you gonna say? Everyone today really thinks that they're capable and warranted and uh, they need to always render feedback. And I just, now that I see the kind of effects on the mental health thing, I'm not so sure I'm a fan of it. What are your thoughts? So when you say like not a fan of it, you mean like in feedback in certain areas or just like for like, because I think it's actually an interesting point that you made. I think that feedback in certain circumstances can be so crucial and beneficial in a workplace. Hey, your yeah. email that you wrote <laughs> didn't come out like as well. Here are a few tips to do it. That's constructive feedback. That's here's an error that you're doing, and here's actually a way for you to get better at it, not just putting something down. In dating, I think for me, at least I speak from my own experience, like certain feedbacks that I've gotten just from friends that have set me up, I've never gone through an official Shad Khan before. I'm not against it, but it just hasn't happened yet. 
Um, but one of the most annoying things that I found is, you know, there's not really telling you anything that's really helpful. I mean, at the end of the day, it's just like, hey, um, you know, she thought you were really nice, uh, funny, obviously. And she just, but she just didn't think you were a good match. And after one to two dates, you know, when you go through a Khan, like, that makes sense. Like, but what are you really getting out of that feedback? It doesn't really, oh, it's like, whatever. But it doesn't help. What would help actually is like, hey, maybe you didn't uh, hold the door for her. Maybe you didn't, uh, <laughs> yeah. you didn't get the check fully. I mean, that's something you got to know. But if you didn't know, that's actually constructive feedback. That'll right. help. But like, These were a little gnarly concerns of ours, you know? <laughs> you know, some people just don't know. But in terms of feedback, what are you actually going to get from Rashad Khan? And when you do get that, are you actually ready to receive that real feedback? You have to really understand, I think, when you're going into anything, you know, what, what actually is going to help you versus what's going to what you're really willing to receive and what's just going to fly off the shoulder and you won't really deal with. Yeah. Again, I, I, I think it's, I think things could be so misconstrued, like it's a third party thing and you're also going from like girl, girl to guy, guy, girl to girl, three people, three parties, never communicated before. There's going to be miscommunication. Um, and and I mentioned the I mentioned the gender because it's going to be different. What you do from what you know the woman is going to be observing, the girl is going to be observing. Such a big thing, you know. I listen to all these podcasts now uh, and and some other things in the in Umasa Olam in, in in the world out there. Um, you really need to like understand that there's a difference from what a in dating specifically I'm just saying in dating it's not like a, a marriage thing or a couple thing maybe you know I'm I'm not the I'm not the expert at that but it's just in regards to like the dating cuz that I'm very familiar with <laughs> you're going you, you you're just you have to understand you're never going to understand the other side so you just got to play the game and then when you play the game, you're going to win. Now, what do I mean by that? I'll give you an example. My, my, uh, this, this friend of mine just asked me like, Hey, you know, uh, I need this. Like my eyes been killing me. I feel like I need reading classes. So I'm like, Oh, you got to go to my boy, Freddie, you know, Dr. Freddie. And he, you know, so he's, he's a optometrist. And I told him, I said, I've been going to Freddie for many years. And when I needed my reading glasses, Right here, by the way. It's nice glasses. <laughs> right here. Uh, so I remember, like, he didn't want to give it to me because a lot of eye doctors don't want to give you the reading glasses uh, when you're that young. So this guy was like, oh, I want to you know, get the reading glasses. I'm just going to tell him, like, you know, my eyes have been hurting me and this and that. And I said, no, no, no. Like, you got to. I'm like, dude, you got to. Here's a script to tell him. This is what you tell him because... Otherwise, he's going to try this. He's going to try that. He's going to try many different things because he doesn't want to, like, wean you on the eyeglasses yet because for whatever the reasons are, and then you're, you're not going to get it. You're going to have to come back because just say exactly this. And so I'm going to correlate this story here with Freddie and Brandon with, uh, with, this, with this dating stuff. Like, so I think, you know, you're just going to kind of get what, what could be the worst here, right? What's, like, the remedy? The negative remedy is that you're going to not, you're going to change. You're going to lose yourself in the feedback. This is what the shot says, what the girl says. 
not always the case. You know, I don't know if you go on a date. I said one podcast, like this, this girl was like watching this guy on the date and all he was doing was, um, watching the game. I'm like, that's, I think that's appropriate now in hindsight, obviously bad move on the guy, but it doesn't mean he's a bad guy. I think, and, and I think it was it's a judgment of error. If you're taking a girl, yeah, you can't be walking. Yeah. Don't if you can't control yourself, don't take her to a place where the game's going to be on. If that's what you want to do, good. But you owe it to yourself, and you absolutely owe it to her to show her a modicum of respect. And that's good. In my opinion, that's good feedback to know. And if you're the person who gets that feedback and you don't think you did anything wrong, stand by it. I don't agree with it, but stand by it and just be like, okay. But I'm going to continue to still do that. If that's your character and that's what you want to do, I tip my cap to you and just say, good luck with that. I had, by the way, I was when I was uh, <clears throat> listening to your pod, I, you know, I listened to a few episodes, and then I was always noticed something really weird, and I always wanted to bring it up to you when we had you on finally, because we've been trying to make this happen for some time. <laughs> but here, I know so many people who went on your show, on your podcast, I'm going to tell you right now. I don't. I don't think I actually know them. Know them, but I just we hung out at one point in time. You know. Okay, I know uh, Ariella Azaroff. <laughs> right, I know yeah. her. I mean, uh, we've hung out. I want to say okay. we've hung out. Okay, we've hung out. We used to have uh, mutual good friends. All right. Great. Yeah, these are all great people. Anyone, I, I would say, I hate that person. I don't know her personally. I met her. We just I got connected to her. She jumped, I said, do you want to come on the podcast? She came on. I haven't really connected with her since. Well, we should have invited everyone. Listen, next time. <laughs> nah, it's okay. One-on-one. One-on-one. Okay, Brooke. Brooke, I know. Brooke Levine? Uh, Gold. Brooke Gold. Yeah, I think Gold. we did Gateways one year. Brooke Gold. Um, some, dude, there's such random people. Mike, what? Oh. Oh, so Brooke Levine, I also know. Brooke's the best. I know. We um, we went away Pesach one year. Her, I think she was a brother, Scott. Yes. Where, Isn't that where, crazy? Where'd you go? We went, I don't remember, I think Alaska, Alaska get, 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 getaways oh, maybe. Wow. So you're talking like years and years ago. Oh, two, I've been 10 go, years ago. I've been going on Passover programs. With oh, that's where you've seen everybody. Oh, I know Brooke. Because this, this is literally the crew. <laughs> uh, it's funny because like, I don't, I got connected to a lot of the people that I've gotten on my podcast. And the interesting thing about what I've built with the podcast and what the whole entire goal was what if i took this was back in 2020 so covid had just happened it was like the summer i was like i had an idea i'm like what if i just created a platform people are willing to talk about mental health if you give them the space that was my premise what happens if i give them a a safe space and whatever you want to do safe space a place where they can come and talk about their challenges from anxiety to depression to eating disorders ocd to just despair emotion and emotions and anything really in between just to sit and talk would they do it i always believe they would because i've had conversations with a lot of people in my life i've always been able to connect with people and to just get to that kind of essence of who they are and what they've been dealing with and create those deep conversations i said what if i put it out there would people be willing would, would people be willing to do it and would people enjoy the content and would people be willing to listen to those honest raw conversations and it started out with a couple of my good friends who had the i always to this day just just reconnected. I was listening back to the first episode. I need a little chizuk, a um, little, little courage um, with my own stuff. And uh, I was just listening back to the amazing words he said. And I just texted him. I said, I can't believe that you had the guts to come on and be the first yeah. guest. I had other friends that were like, oh, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. And every time I was like, hey, let's get on and record. They had an excuse. 
do they really have an excuse? I don't know, but it's 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 stressful to be the first person to come on and to kind of in a way out yourself as having something, whatever it is that you're going to talk about. It's very bold to be vulnerable like that to put yourself out there. And uh, and he did it, and I was like, because of you, I was able to start what I did. I did about I don't know forty four episodes spanning about a year to two years, uh, like awesome, a year and man. a half to two years. Commitment. My best friends have gone on it, and people who heard it reached out to me saying with words of encouragement, but a lot of people just reached out and said, hey, I don't, like, I'd love to come on the podcast. We've never met. We never met in person. We do it over uh, either Zoom or over Zoom. Anchor, which is just phone to phone, like not even seeing each other. And they, to open up and to be that vulnerable, in my opinion, proved, proved the premise that people are starving. Yeah. They're not just willing. They're how starving. many, how, well, so is, are the, is the majority of your demographic... Are they Jewish or the millennial? Is it? Is it? I assume so. I assume they're modern Orthodox right. Jewish uh, Jewish people. But if you look at the, if you ever look at the, uh, I didn't. I started my podcast through Anchor. If you look at the analytics, it's the funniest thing in the world. Like I have people all over Europe, like forty-seven countries listening. Do I believe that there are people in Iceland listening to this podcast? No way. Not a chance. But if you are, I mean, no ways in like I believe it. Well, I, first of all, the, the title is good. It's like don't wor- don't worry about it. and the don't so in parentheses. Because there are certain things you can worry about, you know? Ah, I heard you say that before. (laughs) My good friends uh, helped me with that I mean, like, it's the slogan. It's the slogan of the show. I know. It's important to have, like, a good slogan. Like, that's kind of, I guess, puts in summation the mission, you know? That's that's in essence of what it is. So... So mostly Jews, Orthodox daters. um, I don't know. What are you seeing out there, like, in terms of mental health? It's a big thing. It's a big thing. Growing up, thinking about what mental health was. First of all, I never heard of it until probably, I don't want to come off uncouthed, but at some point, like maybe college for sure, now it's a big, it's it's a ubiquitous term. People use it. But when I was growing up in the, in the Altaheim, it wasn't used, you know. Everyone had a crazy aunt or crazy uncle, and they would be like, oh, you know, they're, they have mental challenges, you know, they're mentally challenged, or, um, you know, they just, they, they're depressed, whatever, and it's definitely creeped up more. There's a there's plethora of places to get more information on there. There's a lot of chemical issues. There's, there's issues related to to wars. There's obviously relation. There's big relationship to being Im- immigrants. Um, um, there's a big one of 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 uh, what's what's it called in the inbreeding inbreeding because it's it's especially in the Jewish community. You're inbreeding. It's just you know this the same people marrying the same people. So that's huge. A lot of these things like just add up to it. Now that was my take as a no as a as a let's say a mental health novice in the sense of as a practitioner or or a podcast host. What about you? Please, not a, <laughs> just to uh, disclose, I am not a mental health professional. I'm not credentialed. I'm not licensed in any way. I'm just a person who's dealt with my own mental health issues with anxiety. Um, and you had those. You have you've had a lot of conversations with a bunch of actual professionals, absolutely licensed people, et cetera, et cetera. I've spoken uh, off platform and on platform with people that are mental health professionals. Um, and I've gone to professionals for my own mental health, uh, been in therapy on and off for a few years, um, dating back to probably when I was a kid for a little bit, when as mostly as a post pre-college post-college, uh, 
adult. I'm still in it today. I had a session earlier this week. Um, and if nice. anyone's interested in going to therapy, it's not as scary as it sounds, <coughs> and it can be very beneficial and doesn't have to be a lifetime subscription, as I really like to stress. Um, people think that yeah. the moment you go to therapy, it's like you're signing up, like you're on a constant kind of, I call it a subscription model where basically you're paying X amount of dollars every week or every two weeks and you're always going to go back and you may not feel like there's anything tangible that you're getting out of it. And that's important to talk about in therapy as well. You know, don't have even to like that fear, yeah, even that, uh, not fear, but just that, that like maybe complacency you may have. And there's money involved. You're paying somebody for it. You know, it oh, feels yeah. kind of weird. It's like there's no, how do you know trust? I, I think a lot of what comes down to conversation in a lot of, uh, especially in therapy is trust. It's a very interesting dynamic that's in a therapist, when you're in a therapist room or a psychotherapist, any mental health professional, because you're paying for a service and they're giving something to you. You're bringing something to them, which is money and ex- I guess an experience, but you're, and you're asking for that in return. So do you trust the therapist to be able to say to you, I can't help you? Because they're, again, they're human themselves and they need to make a living. They yeah. need money. So what yeah. happens, you know, if you hear people that are going to the same therapist for a decade, two decades, and I don't know, to me, that's depending that's, on what it, they're working it, on. That can, to me, that sounds a little. The counselor or the therapist, they have a duty and responsibility to at some point be able to ascertain whether they can help this person or not. You get, you have to give an answer for that. You got to cut them loose. I mean, everyone watches the, I don't know if everyone watches the Sopranos, but, but uh, everyone in my little uh, coterie, you know, does that. But, you know, if you watch the Sopranos, yeah, I mean, that was, that was the, what was the story of the Sopranos? The story is of the second rate family, you know, which is the mob family. Uh, so, and, and, and like literally like a, a, a crappy therapist, you know, really bad therapist. Um, she was terrible. She was terrible. Just from having people on, just from going to therapy, just, this was a very bad therapist. So I think people have a lot of shit, shit daters, cause I don't want to say it's just people, but shit daters are definitely taken back and, you know, not as compelled as they should to explore because they are thinking this hey, it's a subscription model uh, yeah i think you have to be very careful when um when you're going to therapy you have to really build trust and that takes time right the first session you go to you're spending 150 200 dollars 300 dollars however much you're spending to go to a therapist and you're just giving them an information mm-hmm. of you don't even know if you're you don't even know if you work together well what does that kind of sound like parallel like in a parallel mm-hmm. going on a shit update you're spending the time, you're spending yes, the money, yes, you're getting exactly ready, like that. and you don't even know if you like it. And there's a mutual friend of ours who's coined the term fire first dates. Yes. Don't stop going on first dates. That's a, the holy shit. Yeah. We both have a lot of respect for And if you aren't following her, I highly recommend checking out her page. Shout out to Hoover. She is living the life in uh, Florida. She is, a, she is the real one, as they say. But to get back to what I was saying, it's really important to um, to to understand that when you're going on going to therapy, you have to be willing to accept the terms of what therapy is and understand the power dynamic that's involved. You're paying for a service for somebody and whenever, and you don't, you're most of the time will not know a lot about them. Very different than a shit update in that sense, right? You don't really know about your therapy. And so a lot of ways you can ask them about it, but it's like, I've spent many sessions talking to my therapist just about the power dynamic that's here and trying to find a way for myself to really gain trust with her to op- be able to fully open up. It's like, I don't know anything about you. 
I'm choosing to trust you, but that trust is very hard to get to a place where I can be fully vulnerable, even, but I'm the one who's also coming to you because I need something from mm. you. It's a very warped, in my opinion, a very it's weird very warped, dynamic. Yeah. Yeah. Very weird dynamic. If you spend too much time thinking about it, you'll probably end up having an action. I choose to keep going back, but I'll bring it up from probably quarterly at least, if not every six weeks, just to um, to talk about that with, with my therapist, just about the dynamic. And there are certain times she'll be like, if you want to ask me something, I can't guarantee you'll answer it. But you also have to trust that she's going to tell you the truth because at the end of the day, she's supposed to be the one who's supposed to help you. So may she may be incentivized not to tell me the full truth or not to give me everything. And I'll throw challenge flags. I'll... I'll I hope they throw, are. I'll just throw bullshit. I'll say bullshit. She'll <laughs> give me a response. I'll just go, that's bullshit. What do you really mean? That's like, good. Well, she'll say that. I'll say it to her and I'll, and I'll tell her if you don't, I'll throw, I'll tell her if you're not going to call me out in here and I'm going to test you. Yeah. I need to build that Ooh. trust. That's and not I'll, a bad idea. Maybe we should test more. You as, can, you may, know? Or maybe we need to be more trusting, you know? Oh, it's like, right. It's, you got to right. always. Either, I write. That's I always actually, try and see both sides of, of everything and understanding from the therapist how hard it is to be a therapist. I can't imagine being a therapist. And I wanted to go into that profession originally, but how hard it is for them to go on to have all of these clients, all these people, they're trying to help and how painful it must be session after session to maybe not see the progress yet. Because a lot of it is a slow, invisible buildup where you're not going to have a breakthrough. I, I always like to uh, use the analogy of like a, a television show. My mind always goes to the show 24. You ever seen the show? 24. Not every episode is going to be the time where Jack Bauer saves the world. And some episodes are going to be very boring and it can be applied to other television shows where they're just setting up for the first stretch, for the, for the middle stretch and then for the end stretch. Mm-hmm. And you kind of know the structure. It could be anticlimactic. For sure. Yeah, and there are episodes. It's anticlimactic. And that was back before, you know, you could just stream a show in 11 hours, but <laughs> and you, you had to wait a week and you just left that, you left that episode going, that, what a waste of time. I just want to watch next week's episode. And I find myself in therapy sessions and especially in conversations, even with friends where they'll come to me with an issue or I'll come to them. And sometimes you just have to have those initial middle conversations to get to the important conversation. And I think we need to do a better job as just a society, as people, to appreciate those small moments and how frustrating and painful they can be in the moment. But when you experience the breakthrough and you get to a place where you're good, to look back on all of those moments where you struggled, you commonly hear that in Shadokim dating, right? When people get to the end, right? They get to their engagement, they get to their wedding day, and they talk about it was all worth it. All the pain, all the sorrow, all the breakups, all the tears, all the laughs, all of it was worth it. And it's really hard to see that. It's really hard to see that. I, I, Steve Jobs is very famously quoted uh, saying, you can't connect the dots looking forward. You can only connect the dots looking back. I love Steve Jobs. He was really good. He was an asshole, but he was a genius. Oh, he was good at like, uh, yeah, no, he was. Uh, you ever see, did you see the movie? Did you see both, both of them? Both of them with Ashton, Ashton Kutcher. That was the better one. Ashton Kutcher was the better one. Fastbender is by far oh, the better. See, oh, see. So I, okay, fine. So Fastbender did a better job with the rendition, but I enjoyed the the Ashton Kutcher one better. I think because it was the movie. I liked the, the movie itself better. Right. Listen, I, Fa- if anybody, Michael Fastbender, that was like more about Steve Jobs and his. Uh, if anybody is wondering if you're willing to say what you really mean and not worry about backlash, that is a great take to have because it is like almost unanimous that nobody likes the Ashton Kutcher movie so bad that oh, they immediately... Is that crazy? I, they I immediately, loved it. They immediately, like if you look when I that Ashton it. Kutcher movie came out, think about how quickly they decided we're going to make another one because of how oh, shitty it was. Oh, interesting. Is that why they made another? Yes. What's his name was in there also? Um, the guy who played Wally. 
Wally from Wally the movie? No, Wa- Wa- oh Wozniak. Wozniak. Oh, that was Josh Gad in the Kutcher Josh one. Josh Gad. Josh right. Gad's in the Kutcher one, and then right. they do Seth Rogen in the Fastbender one. <laughs> Seth Rogen. <laughs> Not a Seth Rogen fan, but yeah. Josh Gad was so good in that. He was so. I. I you know what? It's int- It's a. I appreciate the uh, the, uh, the sensitivity though. Um, so for dating, I was just looking up like some some Jewish mental health spots. But I, there's a lot of stuff here. It, look, it's on it's on the rise. It's getting worse. Listen, we're having society as well, right? Uh, look, like mental health, public stigma in the Jewish communities. You know, HWW. I don't even know what that website is, but there's a lot of stuff here. There's know? there's no doubt that the communities, the Jewish communities, at least in the modern world, I can't speak to the more Yeshivish or the more Hasidic communities because I'm not. I don't live in them. I didn't grow up in them. I'm not immersed in them. But I will say that in the modern communities, the conversations have been happening for a couple of years, and people are having. Yeah, them. I was yeah. asked by my rabbi, in the Modox. Yeah, for my sure. rabbi from from Angle, New Jersey, Rabbi Chaim Popko, my rabbi. Oh yeah, he's good. Yeah. He is an unbelievable human being. He's a great rabbi, and he's a, I look a person I really look up to. It was about. It's the, a bit. He's a rabbi of the huge shuls. So he's got to be good. He is the rabbi of the of the <laughs> shul in England. No shots at the other rabbi. The other rabbi in England are also unbelievable people. One was my high school rabbi. The other one is another person that I've watched up close and the impact he's had in the community. But Rabbi Chaim Pupko of Ang- of, Mod- of Avastor in England, New Jersey, asked myself and a seventeen-year-old at the time from the my alma mater of Sarah High School, who also started his own mental health podcast. He asked us to be on a panel Both of you. So for the shul. Um, there's a video of it on YouTube. There's audio about it on my podcast. And he reached out to both of us. He said, hey, I love what you guys are doing. It's such an important topic. Would you be interested in being on a panel and hosting a com- and being in a conversation with, with him? And for about a little over an hour about, uh, the rabbi had and us just had a conversation. And what this kid did at 17 years old at my own alma mater showed how how quickly and how fast the conversation has pivoted and how expedited it's gotten to the surface. I went to that same school. I'm now about to be 28. He was, so I was, what, 27 at the, 26, 27 at the time. He was 17 at the time. Now I assume he graduated high school. And he's started a podcast at the same school I was at. Never have happened. Nobody knew about podcasting. Nobody knew how to do it. And he's having conversations with kids his age, short, shorter form, just about all these different things. Kids are talking about it. And that is unbelievable. The conversations have started. I don't think we're ready to be, ha- I don't think institutions like schools and schools are even ready to even, and parents, most importantly, I don't think we're ready for how parents are catching up. Like that's the big thing. They, parents are really, they are, ca- they are behind. They're, um, they're reacting. They're very reactive to it. Um, that's they're very reactive very well to it. I think I think reacting. just on a spurt, like look on a religious or spiritual level, because I am one of those people who are just born in between the two generations. A lot of people like that, you know. I got a lot of millennial Gen Z in me, but then I also have a lot of uh, I think baby baby boomer and baby boomer. Or was how it younger you? No one one after that one after that. No millennial is uh you know I don't know. I, don't, I don't know how old you you're are. a millennial also I guess. I'm 31. Okay. So you're so, 31. I'm 20, about to be 28. Like we're in the same. So I, ha- I, I get, so I really get to understand both sides and it, they're, they're, they're very reactive. They just don't know how to handle it. It's so over their head and that's fine. I, re- I like, I totally get it. I can't have any, I, I can't have any animosity towards them for not understanding and not getting it. But notice how I can have no animosity and be very respectful about them not understanding it 
But if you ask that, you know, their side, oh, it's all in your head. You, you know, you're this, you're the generation that's gonna, that's gonna cause us pain and suffering and trouble and all the stuff. And like, you guys aren't worth anything. Just things like that. And it's like, why would you say these things? Like, is this how God wants us to talk to each other? You know, this is that's Sinas Chinam right there. Like, no, that's not Sinas Chinam. That's not. No, no, that's not it. But it is. It is. All this stuff kind of hides in, you know, in these little shadows of what, you know, it, it hides itself, the, these things. So um, that's kind of where I was. I had so much to comment what you were saying before, but <laughs> it was so much there with the, with the therapist. So it's interesting that you're saying kind of like to test a therapist. Um, definitely. I think that's a really good thing to maybe do or, or at least have a conversation like, and, and it is tough to have like, Hey, I'm like, I'm, I'm a little uncomfortable with you or I don't I, like, can we take it to, we mix it up? Like, I'm not like really getting what I need to get out of this. Like, that's a big thing. You need to be your own advocate. And that's very scary, especially when you're going to therapy, yeah, especially yeah. if you're going to therapy in crisis. Cause a lot of people's first oh, time in therapy, it's crisis. Yeah. You're not exactly. going for like, you know, like an annual. Yeah. I was up. dating a girl and, and we were in a serious Shidduch relate we were total shidduch daters, total shidduch dating her and I. And yeah, we're like at that engagement point, but I wasn't proposing and she was all over on top of me with that. Um and and she was at she was like at that point just living vicariously through the proposal. Like, you know, like that that was her whole life. That wasn't even happening. So we were both in a fantasy land. And you know, let's go for a couple couple couples counseling you know i'm like couples count like what am uh, but i did it and that was it like never never you, 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 never knew what i was missing right away i think after like one session i was like wow this is like this is the real stuff especially with a couple i think right. especially with a girlfriend uh especially with a shidduch dater <laughs> i think i think you know maybe that should be like every first date just it's an, it's an shidduch date should just be you and the girl the guy and you go to a therapist. That should be the first date. But isn't that what uh, the more like to the right, uh, I don't know if it's Hasidic or ultra-Orthodox, I was just learning about it. They do like a meeting of the families. and they Bashow. Put them in the, Bashow, yeah. I just learned that term recently. Bashow, like, yeah. Wow, like crazy. And, and on the surface, like you hear, but it's a crazy concept. Uh, Rabbi David Bashevkin yeah. of the 1840 if, podcast. I don't know if anyone's listened to that. Yeah, we have some cross, uh, you know, cross uh you know, audience probably. His so. series on what he just completed on dating was the most profound podcast series I've ever listened to. You yeah. liked his stuff? Unbelievable the way that he showcased all the different communities and how they date and to like multiple episodes just talking about the raw the raw nature of it, having people open up about it. For me, someone who's single and um and looking to find my my better half. Um, I found to be, especially as a 28-year-old who lives on the Upper West Side, and we can get into what that means. Um, what does that point. know? T David, tell us what that means. There's a lot of acceleration in terms of, uh, there's a lot of acceleration in terms of timeline. When you go to the Upper West Side, the Upper West Side's a modern Orthodox community, and it's kind of like sticking all the Jews in that same demographic and just saying, mm -hmm. mate, go for it. Find, find, find the other person and get, and get hitched, get married. Survival of the fittest, huh? And it's a very weird, weird social setting. It's the weirdest environment that I've been in since I realized how weird co-ed modern Orthodox high school was. Um, where you stick. That's a statement. No, I listen. I loved the high school that I went to. I had. I also. I went to co-ed, and then I went. And then I just. I was living in the 
um, I'd say New York modern Orthodox lifestyle, which would which would like kind of encumber like Westchester, Manhattan, um, parts of Jersey, Connecticut, and then I went from that all the way to New York or like from quote unquote from life, which it like encumbers uh, five towns, Brooklyn. Uh, Queens, uh, what else? You know that kind of lifestyle, and there's a difference. There's there's a big difference between the two. There's a lot of differences there's between a big, all these communities. Even in the communities, everyone has like their own micro communities, but that's kind of because other places have been closing up and everything's been you know uh, consolidating, gentrifying, etc. But if you but but if you just compare it at a very base level, like that's the 50, 50 split. Like, Oh, you're going to New York. You know, let's say you're in Cleveland. You're in the Cleveland. By the way, I heard Cleveland's picking up by the way, in the, in the Jewish community in Cleveland. I just it's, getting, it's getting more expensive from what I've heard. And it's oh, gosh, much cheaper everything. Listen. So like, if you're going to uh, New York from Cleveland, yeah, like you would, ha- you know, you, you would kind of like fit into this, which community are you going into? Or like, which observancy are you are you going for, you know, where do you want to be? You know, that's the big question. That's what you should be asking. It's like, where do you want to be? You know, um, certainly I just, I neither or like send me to the wall, John snow, you know, <laughs> I'll put it this way. Anytime I'm in a room with the more religious people, I feel like I'm become the least, like, I'm the least religious. And anytime I'm with like people that are not, so not so observant, I become yeah. the most religion. I find that to be in politics as well. Anytime I'm in a room with hard right conservatives, I'm the liberal in the room. And every time I'm with the leftist, I become the, the right, the semi right wing guy, and it's just I find that with religion, I just <laughs> all I want to do is be with people that are doing a modicum of like doing a being an observant Jew with compassion and kindness and acceptance yeah. of people that may not be where you are. Just being a good person, you know. I think people forget about that. Listen, in the Torah, I, I, my my dad always says this to me, and it's one of those I, I didn't realize it as a child, and I've come to understand now. Like, think about it. What do they say? Just Ben Adam Lechavero, like. It's as simple as that, how important that is and how quickly in certain yeah. scenarios we'll just chuck it away oh, because yeah. we disagree because it feels – we don't like to admit it, but like sometimes when you like when you like start bashing on someone or hating someone, it kind of feels a little good. And we don't like that. Mm. It's scary. It's very scary. Every, like, can you get mad at somebody? And oh, then, just got bashed on today. I just got bashed on today. I made a, I made a comment to someone. Uh, something about Brismila, oh, Mohels, you know. So I told him, I said, yeah, um, yeah, like, you know, the best place to start obviously is going to uh, Israel and going to the some of the Arab villages and you practice on Arabs getting brismilas, Jesus, you know, at 13. And he's like, you're the biggest liar I've ever heard in my life. I'm like, first of all, I'm like, bro, first of all, you're a from Jew. Okay, so, you know, you can't throw, like, you can't say those things. Like, I'm a liar. Like, you know, now... Just because you like have a very small, you know, close-minded, uh, or like just you don't have access to all the information out there, I'm like, just ask me where I heard that from, or you just say you didn't know. So, but it turns out, you know, I told him, I said I've had like a few rebellion in my in yeshivas that I went to. I'm like, I've been to a dozen yeshivas. Most of my rebellion were all moles, and yeah, they were like, that's where they practice. They would go to, you know, they go to. Israel, they like get certified by one of these rabbinical councils, one of these little base dens, 
and that's how they practice. They go to the to the Arab villages. Wait, we, we got to <laughs> clarify: is this forced circumcision or is this elective circumcisions that they're doing? Uh, there, this is because uh, one of them. I, I don't know how elective it is because one of them you know, they're a, being forced. One of them, I have a, no, I'm, in the sense of like we're like they're doing because like it's their religion the same way we got circumcised at exactly old. exactly okay. same thing right. Because one of them right. I was about to say I have a big problem with the, if you're just forcing. Oh right, Arabs they were just finding. They that, were just finding. No, no, no. That I'm anti. They were just like going. They needed to practice, so they were like just shooting up. <laughs> I wanted on the record that I'm anti. That forced circumcision. If you choose to get circumcised, it, no, I think it was it, no, no. It, it was a choice. It was a choice. I they they prefer the prefer they prefer the rabbis. I mean, look, twelve years or thirteen, whatever, twenty years. I don't know however long I was in yeshiva. That's the one thing I really remember very well. So anyway, I just told the guy. So, but the point the point of it was parenthetical point there was like. Uh, just, I think, I, I think people, you know, people just are lacking empathy. I think that's a very big thing. People are lacking empathy. And I think there's, I know, I don't think, I know there's like a, there's a generation out there. It kind of doesn't really, they've had it hard. Children of immigrants, children of Holocaust survivors, children of refugees, you know, and Sephardic Jews, not even Holocaust survivors, just, they fled the Shah. They they had to escape countries persecution religious persecution right so they had to come to the country they had to grow up very fast etc cetera, etc cetera. you 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 have that over you know thirty forty fifty years this is where we are today where there's a very sensitive generation listen there's you know? a there's a segment I'm again not co-signing this not saying I disagree with it either I'm just going to throw it out there it's something that I heard that I found to be very interesting and made me really think. Um, a person was asked, you grew up in a very poverty, uh, grew up in a real poverty. And he said, he got older and they asked him, you know, talking about like depression. He goes, that's a luxury. He said, we didn't have that luxury. I didn't have the luxury to be depressed. Whoa, dude, profound. Really? And I want anyone who's like, I totally get that. There's probably two sides. One going, oh my God, that makes a lot of sense. The other person like, how could you say that? All that. I'm not saying you should agree or disagree. I'm just saying, take some time, marinate in it and really think about it. He's not saying... <sighs> It's not saying anything about if you're bipolar or schizophrenic or have a mental disorder in that sense. Said to, I didn't have how could I I didn't have I didn't have time. I didn't have the ability to be depressed. I had to put food on the table for my family. We had to do this or we would not have survived. And if you think about, you know, uh, if you think about it, it, it makes it, it can it can really resonate in a lot of ways. With people, it's yeah. There's a whole litany of that. You yeah, have to. Va- when people I totally get what it. this guy was saying. You, you know, and it's so true. I mean, I I think that, and that's that's what I'm kind of trying to promulgate or advocate for, which is like we have an opportunity now. Like this is you know, and I, again, this is I think in more of a religious context. That hey, this is what God is is giving us as a blessing now, right? Because you have to look at that if you're a religious person. Uh, if you're from, if you're Hamish, if you live, um, you're within your four Amos, you know, how Hashem like runs the world. Everything's for a blessing, right? So yeah, this, this is perfect for what this guy's saying. Like, Hey, God is giving us an opportunity now to li- to, to, to have this, uh, these mental health issues and try to live with them and work them out. It is what you're saying is, and that's a very interesting t- way to take it. 
Very, very, very unique take on it. Very unique. And did men? I don't believe that mental health just started in the last hundred years. Yeah, years. If you for sure, there are arguments. No way. There's there no are, way. There are commentaries and arguments to be made that if you look and you can infer from things that happened in the Torah that you can clearly diagnose it today if you put today's lens on it. And I'm not saying I believe in it. I'm not saying I don't. But if you put that lens on it, you could say that person probably. There's no way Moshe. I mean, Moshe Rabbeinu, when you in this past week's partial, you, you don't think that guy had anxiety? Oh. <laughs> you read through it. Bro, the, how, how do you he, not? He ran, I mean, literally ran away. <laughs> he got out. Who, who amongst us hasn't been in a way less stressful situation hearing from God directly? Yeah, totally. See, I, 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 I love what you're saying there. See, I, I resonate with, with Moses. I really do. With Moshe Rabbeinu. And I, I don't, I, 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 shuls and like from people and not to bash either way. Everyone knows. Everyone knows. I love everyone equally. I love bashing everyone equally. But I think so many so many Jews focus on picking apart. Oh, this is what Moshe did wrong. This is what Yaakov did. Dude, dude, shit. Oh no, it's in the name of the Torah. I'm like, dude, no. Like, no. Let's let let's first of all. I, I don't want to go there. Who am I to say such things? Okay, if we're learning, great. But like they had those struggles. I think the 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 real like the real thing, especially when we're talking about mental health, that you could pull from this is that they struggled too. Moshe got scared. Like he got he had anxiety. He got scared. Whatever it was, or maybe he actually realized that oh man, I'm mentally my mental health isn't there yet. Like for me to lead the Jewish people, I have to go and really work on myself. Why can't it be that? You know, and like not just look at it in a derogatory way. Moshe Rabbeinu, Powerful stuff. Moshe Rabbeinu needing to run away is why he was fit to lead the Jewish people. Anybody Ooh, I who, I, I really believe that anybody who runs to power is not fit to wield it. Bingo. I don't want anybody Bingo. who wants that power, <sighs> that control. And again, take into context with Moshe Rabbeinu. From God himself, how many of us have ever said, especially as kids when you're like growing up and learn, like trying to, understand what God is and what religion is. I said, if God just, God, just give me a sign and I'll do it. Right. If God spoke to me, how could I Right. Think about, uh, it's Mitzrayim. That's with Yitzhak Mitzrayim. They saw all the miracles after the plague and how quickly they, they forgot about God. They knew they had it direct. So for us, I think there's a lesson there for self-compassion. Yeah. People yeah. years Centuries, millennium ago, had a direct connection to God and still sin. The Chirayega, like these were, these were the people that saw the miracles. They had the stories. How yeah. quickly, yeah. how quickly they were able to forget. So if they were, if they forgot, have listen. We should always strive to be the best and to be the greatest. But when you fall, is it beneficial to bash yourself, to destroy yourself down? Is that going to get you to where you're going to go? And I need this more than anybody, almost anybody I know, because I am very negative self-talk, very negative uh, internal monologue, and I am the harshest of critics on myself, and I don't hold myself to the same standards I do other people, so I am preaching to my own choir here. Well, it's good you're perceptive and aware of that, which is big, man. It's big, a blessing. Kudos. It's a blessing and a curse. It's, it is. It's exactly, yeah. That's what Adrian Monk would say. It's a blessing. It's a gift and a curse, because you're aware of it, but... I, that's, I think, part of the journey. You kind of just got to be aware of it, acknowledge it, accept it, and and one day you'll one day you'll 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 get there where 
it's it's passively you don't even real you don't even realize that for the good it's happening for the good like i'm kind of dealing with this or not i love talking torah as you know but i wanted to kind of pivot back into the dating because um I think this is a dating podcast. <laughs> um, so how to move through mental health issues in dating. All right. I'm sure you, probably a bunch of things come to mind. So I want to hear like what you have to say, but also I'll just throw in if you need a little anchor, um, you know, like what are some things to make sure that you can, you can date with, 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 with the mental health issues. I think it's important to, um, to validate your own issues when going into dating to understand where you are and where you want to go. Um, somebody who's, if you're somebody who suffers from generalized anxiety disorder or someone who has a high level of anxiety already as their, as their base, that may never go away and it may never need to go away, but you can learn to live with it. And I think that there's an advantage when dating to somebody who's self-aware and already has gone through that as opposed to... Think about how hard it, might, it would be, and I've spoken to people, um, friends, and, and other people that have, that have gotten connected to me, um, just to talk about mental health. I'm, again, I'm not a professional. I just I'm open to having conversations with people, and people will get connected and come. Through You're me. an advocate. I just <laughs> like, I don't I don't put any of those titles. You know you know anymore. Okay, podcast mental health podcaster. No, I'm just a platform for people to talk, and I'm willing to. Oh, I always have an open. Uh, I'm always willing to have an open dialogue, but to, um, to circle back. I think it's important to understand the difference between imagine people who have who are dating, they get married, and one day somebody just cracks out of nowhere. Yeah. They just break. They have a mental breakdown, and I'm not talking about a bad day that a lot of people have. I'm talking about had to be institutionalized. Their entire Oof. world shattered. Yeah. They didn't sign. They people they'll make the argument I didn't <coughs> sign up for this, but and there was no warning. There may not have been any warning signs. They may not have had any. Family history. They may not have even known that they were even susceptible to it. Somebody, it's, a lot of things can happen. So I think when people are so like, are so against dating people who will talk openly or have, have gone through depression, um, uh, segments of depression, have, sorry, bouts of depression, or have high levels of anxiety. Those are people who are still battling through it. And, and, and for the most part, and unless you're just initially going through it, you kind of, by trial and error, you learn what works for you. You learn how to get through it. Could be through breathing exercises, exercise, diet. Could be, um, could be CBD. Could be um, yeah, be the, yeah, medication. If you're working with a psychologist and a, or, or psych- psychotherapy, sorry, psychotherapy, and right, so working, medication, psychotherapy, yeah. psychedelics. Listen, uh, I'm always I'm very interested. In you psychedelics. were you you were in we were in that uh, conversation yeah. uh, that the shit class that was great. Like I learned a lot about that. I'm, I've never done psychedelics. I'm not against psychedelics. I'm love to. I'm in the part of now. I'm learning more about psychedelics. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I'll ever do them, but I definitely haven't. And there's certain ones that I may be more prone to do, not prone to do. But it's all I'm, for the I'm benefits less, of healing. I'm, it's less stigmatized for me, you know. I don't, else, I don't want to be the my like. I don't want to sound like my my parents, you know, who would say, "Oh my God, what are you dr- drugs?" You know. But like, there's so much information out there on psychedelics. That I, I'm like, I would separate them from like real drugs, you know, from psychedelics, you know, and I'll, I'll just say that obviously there's a lot more to be said about them. Joe Rogan talks about it a lot. And I was, I was watching some show on Showtime that this was like 10 years ago. And the guy's like, this is a cool dude. And he's like, oh yeah, 
going to do a psychedelic retreat this weekend. I'm like, what? This guy's yeah. a qu- it used to be this guy's a quack. Now you hear somebody right, did uh, right. psilocybin, which is magical I don't know mushrooms. Oh, yeah, psilocybin okay, okay. is mushrooms. Okay. Is mushrooms, the, uh, yeah, mushrooms, yeah. The, the yeah, Joshua thing. Tree episode in Entourage. The greatest. Hello. Yeah, the greatest. victory. They don't make shows like Entourage anymore. Dude, um, I'm on my like fourth Entourage run right now. Yeah, like I do it on the weekend. It's just, it is such a good show. It's, it's so apropos because this Entourage show, now I could actually watch it and I'm the same age as them. Right. And I'm at the exact same place in life. Exact same place. with, And I can relate to everyone. Except for Turtle, I could relate to, totally relate to E. Right. Eric. E is the relatable character in the show. But I, I relate to all of them because Johnny Drama, I'm Johnny Drama too. I am, I'm so Johnny Drama and him. I'm definitely not Vince. I'm definitely not Turtle. Um, but I used to relate to Vince and, and Ari Gold. So right. you, through the years, you will just learn how to connect and relate and also kind of like figure out which character you are, you know, and, and that's interesting. That's a whole psychology itself. Identifying with television and movie characters is a dangerous game. Um, we all do it because we all love. So, we get so I'm to not, it. I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm only mentioning it, the identity, the identifying it because I saw some of the issues that they were having and I, and I was just in, oh, in the past and I would laugh and say, Oh, it's fun. You know, Eric can't keep a girl. Johnny can't keep a girl. Johnny can't keep a job. But really, when I'm telling you, when you get to certain ages, dude, it hits you. You really are that. Those are first. Those are real life problems. Those are real life problems. Um, now, happens to be in the show. It's just there are celebrities in there. You know, right. that, that's the only difference. But I am relating to the character. Like I think at one point, Johnny Drama's thinking like, you know, uh, I, he's trying to get this new uh, condo. Right. Uh, he needs to. They need. He needs to move. He has to get a condo, and he just falls in love with this like place nine, in Beverly Hills, nine hundred two one zero. Can't afford it's, it. He can't afford it. Remember that. He has to take the mayor out uh, for a date. <laughs> but the, the, the mayor, you know, he has to hook yeah. the mayor up with a date. So, but the point is, is that now I could relate to that. I'm like, do I spend the money? Do I spend the extra money going to debt on myself? Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes, yeah. You know why? Because especially in the Jewish community, it's really prevalent for people to put decisions based off of real negative places of where they're coming from. My mother told me, the community told me, my rabbi told me, my parents told me, normal people like don't have that. Normal people do not have that. What did, they, what did he do in the show? He's like, I'm, I'm a king. I can't treat myself like this. You know, and he got himself the apartment. Right. I mean, I think how many young, how many like daters would do that? I I never did that. I never did that when I was when I started to work. When I was shit up dating, I'd always go to the cheaper restaurant because I was always thinking money, where to spend, budget. I'd always ha- consider those things. Uh, do you live at home? Do you get an apartment? Oh yeah, oh I was at home for many years. You know, many years, dude. I you know finally moved out, and uh, you had these things have to be taken in consideration. I think overwhelmingly. Girls, uh, girls see that in a guy, and if he is like out of the house, young, treating himself, living the right way, they love it. 
when you're younger. When you're older, it's different stuff. It's, it's interesting because the things that you'll accept when you're younger, and I wish we had a woman's perspective on this topic just because, for me, I'm just, we're, we're two guys. We're all going to the guy's <laughs> side and the dynamics. We'll get that, the girl's side another time. <laughs> and the guy, I'm just saying in the sense of like, when you're a, guy, when you're a girl, a uh, woman, and you're dating, especially like, let's say you're young in modern world, like you're dating 22, 23, and I have good friends that got married at like that. We got, that got married at yeah, that young age. That age. Probably guy, mostly all of them. The guy's living at home and not financially dependent, and not, in finan- not financially independent. He's not paying for anything. The parents are paying for basically their entire lives. Yeah, exactly. And the guy's living at home, not a problem. The guy's, the guy's now 26, living at home because economically it makes sense becomes a problem yeah. depending on when, if, if the, if the woman is younger, they may be more susceptible and like, okay with that. Cause they're dating other guys. It's like, whatever. But the older you get, even if it's financially, there's something there that it can seem immature. It can seem like, why, why can't they live on their own? But you can just make, you can rationalize both sides. And I think that's where it's super. You can rationalize both sides. I'm pro moving. I'm pro and getting um, out of the home. I think you got to live. You got to yeah, learn to oh, live sure. your life as an adult with responsibilities. At some point you have to But the thing is, it's got to be pushed younger. There's got to be pushed younger. Like uh, uh, BMG. You ever heard of BMG? No. Okay. So BMG is, uh, is the yeshiva in Lakewood. And it's the derech. It's the route that most of Lakewood has taken up until probably like maybe five or ten years ago. Now they're they're different mahalachs. They're different. Uh, they're different kind of hashkafas to kind of hashkafas, but you know uh, mahalach. I don't know mahalach is in English, but I don't know what it means in Hebrew. I, you know, it's funny. I can't explain it either way, but I know what it means. Yeah, you know, know. <laughs> like so, like the style of religiosity there. Um, and like I have, I've had a bunch of girls on from Lakewood from the, on the spot and they're just, they're different now. They're just not doing it that way. But the point of it is that, um, just, just this overall point here is that, uh, I think in this, in this context here where you're mentioning, whether the guy's at home, whether the guy's, um, living in his house cause it's feasible or he's not living in the, his parents, in his parents' house, it's all the mindset. So the guy who's like spending on himself, happy, excited, and all those things, I think a girl's going to sense that. And the same thing, a guy with a girl. Like when I go out with 29, 20, 29 30, 28-even-year-old girls, and they're living in their parents' basement, I, it, it's almost a DOA. It's, because it's I'm, like, tra- it's, it's that's, I'm like, it's fundamentally. when are you going to grow up? Because it's true. Because I've been there, because I was living at home till uh, till an age that, um, like even even at that age, you know, I was like not happy with like I don't know what I was twenty five, twenty six at that point. Like I was living at home. It's different if you're in between apartments, but if you've made the conscious decision, you're yes, living at right. home for like and you're like, right. No, I was literally home. living you're at going home because home you're like struggling and you just need to be closer to yeah. family. There's compa- we, again the word compassion. We have it. We need to have it. We have to understand you. Have, and what we need to do a better job is of giving people. The space and the ability to explain themselves. If so, if you get a, a sh- uh, if you I, I just learned this term actually. I'm gonna I'm gonna show off and use it. If you get red, am I using that correctly? Sorry. Dang, cool. yes. When it comes to like Lakewood and when it comes Reddit, to these terminologies, Reddit, yeah. red. I, when I, you get red, yeah. I'm R E D T. I think. Yeah. I'm illiterate when it comes to like Lakewood, Tom's River, our Lake. You're a shidduch illiterate. I really am. Flatbush, you're familiar with. I've heard of Flatbush, but again, I grew up in England. Have you New heard Jersey. of uh, what's it? What's that? The Landau's. You heard of Land? Okay, we're gonna go. I, I had a rabbi Landau. No, no, no. So there's Landau's. Yeah. Okay. These are, we got to. You know, we got to. You know what? We got to come up with a list on on the show of all these like awesome Jewish uh, 
like uh, Jargons and Denargo and <laughs> classic familiar. Landau's is the Minion Factory in Flatbush. Got it. That's a good word to know. You know, BMG got to know. BMG. Yeah, Are you like converting to like the black hat community? Like, what's what's the deal here, no, Dave? No, no, no. I'm not converting to a black hat community. I wouldn't look good in a black hat. I've pocket, <laughs> I've been already been. You know, I wouldn't. I don't look good in hats. Um, I, I think you'd look good in a hat. I think. Not a, <laughs> nah, my friend, uh, remember when I went to yeshiva for a couple of years? We uh, went to uh, Rashid, commonly known yeshiva, in, I guess the modern world. I don't know about in the Lakewood world, but uh, they know of Rashid. Actually, I feel like they do. But they don't know specifically what the name is. Like a lot of my friends that we went there, especially in our second year, they started getting black hats. And we, as a joke, we were in Mayor Shar, and like we got like the Borsalino hats, but not like the black, they got the actual baseball cap that said Borsalino on it. It's like, here's my black hat. Like wow. that, like that's the closest I'd ever get to wearing a black hat today. Things can change, but it's, I'm more, I don't, I've never felt like I belonged in a certain community. I've always liked to find in different communities my own niche of people that I relate to. Um, especially religiously, as, as I came into my own, I grew up modern Orthodox, Shomer Shabbat, Shomer Kosher, completely. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. And that's how I plan on living my entire life and growing in a community that can have that. Um, but in terms of like finding somebody who's willing to fit into that model, it's they can come from any world. They just You have to be able to show respect and give people, I think it's super important to give people the the ability and the space to showcase themselves. Somebody who, oh, especially yeah. for, I'm, listen, women have it so much harder than guys. I didn't understand it to my, one of my best friends from grade school. She's to this day, one of my favorite people in the world. She's, she said simple math guys will, for the most part, guys will date younger. Yeah. They may date a little bit like they'll date. Like some guys will date super younger. Some date will date like minus three and will only go up. Like this, they will only date a girl as old as their own age, depending on how old they are. A hundred percent. Girls, I'm totally, dude, I'm totally for, getting it now. Girls, they don't want to date younger. A lot of them won't date younger, and if they do, it won't be more than one one year, maybe two years max. So it's just a numbers game. It's just a math problem. Yeah, yeah. I I would I would definitely concede on that end. Like, um, just just the fact that yeah, like you have to consider at a, they can't really date younger. No problem. Well, they, Anything they else? Not, they choose not to. They, it's a choice. They can't. I I would say they can't. I, it's a choice, but like if the guy's not willing to date yeah, her, yeah, exactly. Her like that's the thing. That's the thing. There, the guy's really not gonna want. Like you know, t- at twenty-seven, I was thinking like, oh, thirty, I could go out with a girl thirty, you know. And now, like, I'm thirty-one, and I'm thinking, I don't know if I go out with a girl thirty-five because I like I got to have a baby right away. Yeah, no, by you know, the way, like that, real, that's that's a must. Those you know? are real concerns. Now I say, hey, validated. if I go to dude, if I'm at a wedding, if I'm at an awesome. Uh, you just told me Anglewood wedding. <laughs> so if I'm at like an awesome Anglewood wedding, bro. Like, you know, Rabbi Pup goes like, "Hey, this is uh, this is Dasi." I'm like, Phew. and she's you know like five years, six years older than me. But you hit it off. Yeah, but we hit it off. Yeah, no problem. No problem. And becomes a pro- <laughs> listen. There are issues, but I don't want to see. I don't want to concede though. But. Uh, you know, it's it's literally like I'm. This is how this is the complication here. It's fifty one percent girls have it hard, forty nine percent guys have it. That's it. Meaning, like I'm not. It's fifty one forty nine. I'm not. I'm giving that they have it harder, um, but by very little because it it just all sucks. It all sucks. Listen, if you're the girl who made who made the choice, like it's a it's a girl's world now. You know, is it? It's a women's world. Women have choices. Women, thank God, do have choices. Um, very pro. 
women having choices to do. With <laughs> well, it, just in terms of like dating, in terms of date, in terms of dating. Listen, uh, you know, and and this difficult. is the this is the stock that's out there. So I think at every point, every time, and 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 by the way, you know, one thing I learned, I I listened to Bashevkin's podcast, by the way, um, which uh, I skimmed through. I skimmed through because just had a lot on the stack. And you'll correct me if I'm wrong, but he basically found that because he did like real studies. He's he's a he PhD. A, he had a guest right? on it, and he had a guest. He had he a had guest had... who was a PhD who studied shit up the shit up crisis. Right, right, right. And uh, they found was that met, there's also aside from the age gap thing, like you're mentioning, the real the two causes. The one cause is obviously this age difference that you know you can't go out with anyone young, you know, younger for a girl. But also is that as the guys got older and stopped dating, I'm sorry, they got the, less religious. They got less religious, That's exactly. The, that that is and absolute. Um, and women would get would stay or get more religious. That was the problem. That was the problem. That's it. That's the part, or, that the, or women, the error, or whatever. You, the you women, su- the women, the women end up suffering because as the men get older, they either become less, and they're they're staying religiously the same. Why yeah. that is may yeah. just have to be with just things that men have to do in terms of minyanim three times a day, putting on tefillin every day. Um, learn like a lot of women like want guys to learn every day. That's why I'm trying to like, that, but that's why I'm you know, and I'm and I'm and I'm. Uh, I advocate for it. I promulgate for it. Uh, I'm, I'm uh, I think vociferous is the word. Vociferous. I'm vociferous about Isn't it. it. <laughs> vociferous. I'm very vociferous about that. Nana, like you have to be, re- dude. If if you're if a guy's over thirty, and he's going to minion three times a day, and he's going to learn twice a day, and he's like the most machmir strictest from guy, they trot like. Who's paying the bills? Like there's, there's, it's not going to be like a fairy tale, you know, because it means he's going to be really strict about, but I want to bring a TV in and I, you know, and and, and I don't always want to, you know, I want to wear pants around the hat, whatever, whatever the stuff is, you know, whatever the, the nuances and the minutia. And I've had girls, dude, they had to, they had to wait. Girls just, I think two months ago, a girl I dated years ago. She was strict. She was she was machmir to the T's, you know. This is what she what she, you're talking about. What and she, she wanted. held out, but you know what, she, dude, she's uh she's 36 now. You know, she held out. Good for her. You know, credit credit is due, and I'm and I'm not getting into oh you know this you know oh good or bad decision, but you have to be ready to live with those uh with those with those consequences. Isn't the word I that was, I was like the, oh, I know I was with that, that outcome correct with that outcome. And I think guys kind of it it hits us, and we say, you know what, I the consequences are there because it's a consequence for us. Because as we get older, we get a little bit more whoa all over the place. Um, we want to try things, we want to do things, we want to live different, or we really get like segmented in our own ways. I think that's probably the the the, the, the worst part. But I do that. <laughs> I'm like it's hard. Listen, all it's over. Really like I just want to be a Shrek. I just want to be Shrek. I'm jealous of people that are in the more stricter Jewish communities in the sense of dating, where it's not. I don't listen. I think arranged marriages are very interesting. I'm fascinated by them. They're awesome. They're awesome. But then again, think about. It, I got no effort. Put it in. That's the, there's a lot. I can of lower your mic. Your your headphones yeah. by the way. There's um, which no, one are you? Is that I'm you? Three. Is it lower now? Yes. Okay. 
Is that better? No, it's not the uh, headphones. It's the uh, just fit. Oh, okay, hearing. cool. Okay. It's not the, the level of noise. But um, we're all part of the same clade. That's basically what I really want to say. The same clade, like group of organisms Listen, at the end of the day. We're all, men and women are all, we're all in this together. You need us we, and we need you. together. It's facts. It was true back then. The Wildcats needed to all get together, and they did, and they, they won. But where are you, where are you, uh, so you're on the Upper West Side, so you're in it. Okay, I lived on the Upper West Side. Eight months, got out. I'm in. It. I missed my. I missed my car. That was it. I just. I missed my car, and I. That's what I like. Right after this podcast, I'm gonna grab a cigar, and I'm just gonna drive in my car for 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 an hour. And I'll be getting on the LIR for a long <laughs> yeah. time. And then I'll drop you off. Of <laughs> and you know, just like no, but like the Upper West Side. Like I'm. I'm technically I live in it, but I opt out of a lot of it. Um, okay. Yeah, I hear that. No, that's that's that's, and it's not a good necessarily a good thing. I need to be putting myself out of my own comfort zone more often. I just it's I find it very hard to find my. I have a good group of friends there, but I find it very hard to like navigate it, especially as you start to get older. Like when I moved in a little over four years ago, in my now my fourth year on the Upper West Side, it's like you go to the same shul and you see all the people, and you get mm-hmm. when you moved in, you knew the people that were three to four years old. Then you're like, oh, they're older than me, and then you become that person. Yeah, very surreal. And sometimes, That's but there are so many great people, so true. so many great people. And my living on the Upper West Side, in terms of like I said earlier, like you got to if guys not willing to be able to date younger, from my own experience, I think a little bit more than the. I think a little bit more than 50% of the girls that I've dated have been older. And by older, I mean at least a year, some two. One girl, I think I was, one woman, I was 26. And she was, I think, 30. And mm. I, my friend, but a good, one of my- My man, my, my, my man. My, uh, I was my best friend's, one of my best friend's wives just had a suggestion. She said, just, you know, go out with her. And I take her word very seriously. Like, she's like family to me. Uh, her son, they have a son. Like, he's like family to me. Like, they're like, go, she's like, just go for it. And I went, we both went out and we were both like, at the end of the day, like we didn't say it <laughs> straight up, but like the age thing was a problem. Like, yeah, it just was a problem. It was, you but felt you, it. I, it just, you know, I had a, it, it was, it wasn't like good anything. for you for trying to, there's though. nothing really chic. And the sad part is there's, I, I can't speak for what she thought about me. Um, but two, when I go on a date and it's two knows? hours of continuous, easy conversation, it's not a bad, there's it's almost never a bad date. That's going to get really hot by the way. So I'm just letting you know, like might shake. It's all right. Put it um, in the water here so people can see. That and and I've dated girls that were like, I, I or a lot older than me. And I've dated, I haven't dated girls that are much younger than me. I've always tried to, I just, it's just a thing that I've had. I just, too young just feels like uh, we're just in different places in life. And as I give, get older. Give it, give it two more years. Because I, I, I was I the same way. To. I only dated girls my age and a little older. Maybe like within a year younger. And then I met a, I met a younger, younger girl like 27 I would like three years difference and then it kind of just kept on stretching and stretching and then I totally get the you know 10 year difference thing you know I, mean, I can't do so sorry years. sorry chicas out there like you know I know it's, it sucks whatevs you know I can't I can't I can't I don't have I, I can't relate because I can't go out with a younger girl. But the funny thing about these rigid things that we say, like for me, it was plus two, minus three. That's what I would go, <laughs> is that if if you're at a wedding or at an event and you meet somebody, you don't know how old they are, and you hit it off, and you find out that she's, let's for me, minus four, four years, but we had a great time and they were both interested, like, yeah. of course I would go out. If I didn't go out, it would be silly. What's be silly. hot water, by the way? I'm good. Thank you. Very kind. I'm a great host now. You are. I'm fact. actually like... I'm not just the titular host. I actually move around and, and you studying for the SATs with this vocabulary. 
<laughs> um, you have a great vocabulary. Thank you, thank you. Um, I have word. I have word of the day. I just I get word of the day, and I just I learn words. You know, growing. Yeah, it's important. Listen, in dating and in life, there are a lot of uh, <laughs> there are a lot of similarities to things that we can be doing. It's like. How hard are you really working? Like how many people, like for me, like I haven't put that much effort. Like I don't ever sit back at night and go, why am I still single? I'm pretty confident. I know exactly why I'm still single. It's because I'm not putting myself out there enough. I'm not working with all well, the Well, I see that I would disagree with. I, I think. For me, I know it. I would disagree with anyone or what. I, you're, you're single because literally God, right now you got to be single. That's it. I don't think there's anything you can do. And I, okay, let me just take you out of it because I don't want to be yeah, abrasive or anyway. No, you can't be but as like, abrasive. With me? Dude, I've done everything, you know, I've done everything to, to, to get into a relationship. So it's not me. And, so and, 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 and certain I've done the hashtagless. I'm doing it. I'm still doing it. There's just a place and a time, man. That's it. 40 years in the desert. We were just talking about Mitzrayim. That's 40 years in the desert. There always has to be barren women, barren men, single men, single women, People who have disabilities, like there, ha there always have to be people like this, always, and that's how I. That's what I tell people in the pod. Like people, you've, are, you've earned that. You've earned there. that right to compare the two of us together is a disservice to you, and it's not. And it's it's also giving me credit that I do did not earn and that I do not deserve. If you've really oh, done, you deserve it, right? Bitachon, right? Work in faith. Bachelor party betachon. Last episode. <laughs> <laughs> If okay, there, there if, I was. If you've, done the, uh, if you've done the if you've done the hishtadlus, and then it, then it becomes you can then you can if you can have that faith in betachon and Hashem and say it, it's just not meant to be right now. But it, only if you're do, if you're doing that work. But if you're someone like me who has, isn't exhausting many of his options, has been picky, accused of being picky at times. But see, this is, let, let me I'm ask. I'm not on the if, you want, if you're not on the app. There's so many resources you work. Well, let I'm me not ask you like this. Let me ask. Okay, fine. So let's say uh, okay. So let's take the shachanim as an example, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, so did you go to, you went to co-ed school, right? Co-ed okay. co middle school, co-ed high school. Okay, so right off the cuff, right off just that, no Shadchan's really going to want to work with you. Uh, in you, you do realize there are modern Orthodox Shadchan, right, right? meaning like a matchmaker's going to want to work with you. What's so, the difference? Meaning they're Again, modern. I'm illiterate in this language. No, meaning they're modern Orthodox, you know. So a modern Orthodox Shadchan will for sure want to work with you. Of uh, uh, a yeshivish from Shachan, right? Yeah, I mean, no, I wouldn't so go if to you, that store. If, if you, I wouldn't go buy chalav yisrael milk because I don't eat, I don't, I don't consume chalav yisrael products. Exactly. So, like, that's what I'm trying to give the analogy here is that if your your time to get married and to and to do things like your time is your time, it's going to happen. It's there. It's said whether you go to the Shachan, whether you go on the dating apps, whether you whatever you're going to do. It's all mindset. If your mindset is like, I'm going to accept just whatever happens, I'm going to for sure put myself out there or maybe not put myself out there. Maybe just work on myself or just take care of myself. And I'll get to the finish line at some point. So like, take it like this, right? You're trying to, you're, you're on a dating, you're, you're on a dating app. You're trying to pick up girls. You're Girl. going to be your genuine self. One, right? We're looking for one, right? You're trying to pick up one. Right? You're trying to pick up your wife. Let me rephrase. You're trying to pick up one girl to, to go out with. Dude, you know how many factors like have to go into that? Have to go into the fact that she's in a good mindset. You're in a good mindset. You know what to say. She was a good day. You both had a good day. You're both uh, 
you know, able to understand each other text messaging. It's literally at a godly level. It, 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 there's no other way to describe it. How can I say? Because me, uh, thousands of guys who contact us, um, they've tried it and it just fails and fails and fails or some of them have had success. Right. Or maybe you need to switch up your approach. So the you switch, only earn that yeah. right after you've exhausted your options. That's the only point that I'm well, making. So yeah, so exa- exactly. So you once you to, get you to, I think to I think that's what like 30 is because um, 30 or probably for 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 an Orthodox girl, uh, Orthodox girl meaning could be yeshivish or modern. Um, yeah, they by the time probably like 27 for them, 26. They've exhausted all routes. They've done everything. They've been with shotguns, they've been with matchmakers, they've been J-Swipe, J-Date, saw you at Sinai, they've been on everything. And it's just not the, and from my opine view, is it's just not, it's just not the right time. That's it. It's not the right time. Now, all of this you're doing is certainly helping you get to where you need to be. And I'll push that along. I'll, I'll, I'll you know, I'll uh, promulgate that. But it's not just that, just, Enjoy the time right now. Like spend the time on yourself. Enjoy the time. Make the best life you can now. And I promise tomorrow. You know that's not a not promise tomorrow. It's not a very Jewish belief. It's not. I know. It's, it's not. literally Yaakov and Esav, right? Yaakov knew how to play. Yaakov understood the powers of the long game. Esav wanted the now. It right, but I think it's like this. Like think about let's say you have you're to. going to a singles event. Going to like a never sh- been to one by the way. Oh, we gotta get you. We gotta get you to one. So you go into singles. If you go, event. I'll go. Oh, I've been through it. I've been to like 20, 30, 40 of them. I'm a great wingman. Yo, you'll come. I mean, you got to tell me. Oh, there's one. You know what? There's one coming up soon. There's a good advertisement right here. This way, you know, maybe I'll put it on. I'm actually going to be there. I'm actually going to be by a singles event. Okay, one second, people. David, you never been to a singles? Never been to a singles event. I'm telling you. Not very- even like a. But you, but you live on the Upper West Side, so that's kind of like a singles event every it's week. It's an ecosystem. But I haven't been to an event that has been advertised as a singles event. Oh man, I don't even know if I have it. But it's February, so oh here it is. Nobody's ever said a good nobody's ever <laughs> said a good it. word about singles event. I've never heard anyone be like, I had a great time at a singles event. Oh, I did. I, I had a great I'll tell you why, because you you've well, first of all, you clearly haven't been listening to the podcast. Oh, I've been listening. For or you don't remember I was gonna say like eighty nine episodes. I think that was when we did that. So when you go to singles event, you, you go make friends. That's all. If you just go and make friends, you'll have a good time. I have friends. It's it's a very small chance that you're gonna like f- actually find. But there is one at every event I've been to. There's always been one. There's just, always been one. I'm saying that seems like a really interesting way to allocate your resources. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, <laughs> dude. There's there's sometimes look. Sometimes I so I'll I'll sound Pollyannish, and then sometimes I'm gonna be the biggest. Uh, uh, like you know, what's it? Sad Sally about this, or like uh, have like um, skepticism on it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's just very skeptical. But okay, here, people, Jewish Divine Soulmate Singles Event, February six. Avery and IJ will be there for Machmir Singles. Okay, whatever for Jewish Singles. Forget about the Machmir part. You're a religious person, so I don't, I don't like, I don't think. And I, I'm wearing, I'm wearing a white shirt today. You look Jewish. No, no, no. I I don't okay. Look, I take it as a compliment. However, I look, I look, but I'm literally just wearing a white shirt today because right. I we had a client meeting. That's it. <laughs> like I don't do that. Okay, I, I I my 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 barber is in uh, yeshiva week. 
So I can't get it. That literally, you've seen try me. Explaining, try explaining that to somebody who doesn't get the world. They don't My get barber is in yeshiva week. He's in yeshiva week. He's, he's away and whatever. Okay. So uh, anyway, people contact um, JDS Sharchan. Sharchanim. JDS Sharchanim at gmail.com. JDS Sharchanim at gmail.com. And I don't actually know if I'll be there because I, I haven't gotten the confirmation yet. But but they took my but money. But they're advertising you. They're, wait, they're advertising? They, no, they're they not. I, I did one for oh, okay. them. Oh, okay. <laughs> I did one okay. for them. Got it. Okay, great. Uh, yeah, let's see. Uh, there goes my credulity. But uh, let's see. Okay. Um, okay, a few minutes left. Um, my, point, my point before was like, you're still 28. And I hate when old people used to tell me stuff, so I don't want to make it like that like i'm just kind of you know you're young and no like you'll hit a certain age and you're going to be like okay i get what they meant when like when i wasn't looking for it because you're just at some point you're going to be you're going to be mentally like done i'm like you're done and you'll see you're going to be spending money on yourself and you're going to be treating yourself very differently from then you were as opposed to now which is by the way a really great place to be in like just focused on the mental health so that's a really big, that's, you know, it's good, but you'll move, you'll be able to, at some point, you're going to be able to, I don't say beat it, but you're going to really, no, uh, there's no it's beating, not beating. There's no beating it. You're, you're going to, you're going to be at a, I'm a, in a peaceful place. mind, a real peaceful mindset and be like, oh, I get it when they said, you know, when I wasn't looking for it, that's when it's came. But I will let sure. you know how this works because I don't know, I haven't, hasn't come around. Listen, <laughs> listen that, that's part of it. Like having, dealing with mental health issues and having to explain to other people is a massive, <laughs> massive part that holds me back. It, it, it is the hardest thing in my life to, yeah. s- and, I, and I go back and forth in my head and I've spoken about it with dear friends of mine who have provided good counter arguments, but it comes down to, do I want to subject... Do I want to subject what I know goes on in my head and which I'm when you look zoom out is probably what goes on in most a lot of people's heads to somebody else. And then the counter argument is, why do you think that you get to make that decision for other people? Why don't you let other people? Why don't you show people who you are and let them make that decision? It's a really good point. It's a great point. Yeah. Well, that is a lot of sense. Point. Makes yeah. a lot of sense. Well, the problem, but the issue, but I don't do it. The issue is, is that you have people who dump their mental health crap on you. So I don't want to say mental health, but their instability and their like just effed upness on you. That's the problem. Does that make any sense? They dump their problems on you. Even more than that. Not just someone who dumps a problem. Give me an example. Or an illustration to understand. I'd have to think like of a really good illustration. Um, Something recently happened. Let me think. Oh, I was just saying something before. I just said something before, right? Now let me think something else. No, no. So I would say I would I could try to draw the 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 the, the I try to depict this, but I think there are people like you and me who are and whoever's probably listening who are like I'm making a commitment to mental health. I'm I'm, I'm I want to live a good life. I want to like get to a place of just peacefulness in my mind, serenity. And we can, and we know, and we believe we can get there. There are other people, especially in the from community, and maybe in the modern Orthodox community, I don't know, actually, you'll tell me, I don't know. I'm sure there probably are, but who will probably kind of laugh and, oh, it's mental, you, you people with the mental health, your generation with the mental health. And they're, they just don't understand. 
They just don't understand. So they may do something and they're doing something because they themselves have mental health issues, but they weren't able to, to treat it. They're not able to treat it. That's, I think, a case where you have a right to just shit on them. Like, go, dude, just bring it up, attack them, to, uh, explain to them, just explain, do even a nice way, just explain to them like, hey, this is a mental health issue of mine, you know, be abrasive and brash with them. Conveying it as a mental health issue may be the problem because you're not speaking the language that they understand. They, they, they won't. They're, they're definitely not going <laughs> to. I've done it with people who originally. I've, 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 gotten, I've gotten into many conversations with people who couldn't understand it. And I just, all you have to do is find a way in their brain. That you don't, you're not trying to, you don't have to get them to agree with you. I thought of an example. I thought of an example. Okay. I was by a friend of mine's Shab, Shabbos meal. Okay. Mm-hmm. Old school family. And the fa- and the um, the son, they, you know, obviously when you're bringing friends, you're going to talk about things, you know. So he brings up a th- something, and then his father asked him um, something about that. Um, and this and this, my friend, who's the son, goes, "Father, that is that's a that's a boundary for me." And he goes, "Boundary? What is that? A mental? What is? What are you? A uh, uh, one of those mental nuts? That?" That's that's perfect example. <laughs> like that's how people look at it. That's how people and it's by the way it's bothersome I'm like. It can it can be, but you have to understand you have to accept and have to have compassion for those people that For believe. even them? Everybody Oof, every yeah, the people that you don't want to show compassion to even they get compassion. Everybody's got to get it. That's yeah. true. It's like uh, you know, they go go when they go low you go high. <laughs> I don't know about any of that. I just believe that the people that you don't want to show compassion to, the, if you can show compassion to them, that's how you've really grown and shown enlightenment. Doing something that goes against your initial nature and being able to just show that to them in the hardest. If you can do it in the easy times, anybody can yeah, do it then. But if true. you can do it in the hard times. And everybody wants to preach empathy and compassion and love and self-love. And don't get me started on the whole self-love campaign. It drives me bananas. Oh. That self-love stuff drives me bananas. I think it's gotten hijacked, but... I really do believe that you have to be able to show people compassion, even if you don't believe in what they're selling. And believe me, I have a lot of qualms and a lot of issues with the mental health community and a lot of the work that they've done in terms of... And accomplished. And No, I don't have a problem with a lot of their accomplishments, but a lot of the things that are being talked about in the mental health community, I don't necessarily agree with. But I understand for where I want the movement to go. I have to also understand that to humble myself and be like, maybe I don't always know what's best for the mental health community and for the larger conversation. I also think sometimes you have to go through a lot of pain to get to the profit, to get to the yeah. place where you want to yeah. be at. And I think it's overall better for us to be having all these conversations. You may not like all the conversations. You may not. You may vehemently disagree with everything that I've possibly said tonight. But if I've made you think. Yeah, that's worth I, it. If I've challenged yeah. an idea that you've had. That's part of the conversation. And I'm not an authority. I never ever want to be an authority in this space. I just want to be a guy who's willing to get on an apog- I get on a platform on and off of a platform and have a conversation. I'm going to learn from you. You're going to learn from me. And at the end of the day, I'm my, my hope and my dream is for the conversations to build to a place where eventually we're in a place, we're in a place where men- where mental health will not even be referred to as mental health. We'll just call it health. Yes. When we get Ooh, to my, one of my closest friends before I started I my that. podcast, he uh, I was talking to him. He's in very corporate and he was in banking and we were just having conversation. I was very much more optimistic about like where we were. And he goes, until I can go into my HR's office 
and tell them I'm I, I need to go home because of a, a, what he a mental a, a mental issue. a mental health issue in the sense of that. And I can do that without the fear of backlash or being looked at. We're not there yet. But if you go into your, if you go into any corporate office, especially nowadays, with the, and you look sick, they'll send you home. Yeah, they yeah. got they they. But if you're not, oh my you, office, they'll laugh at you. <laughs> like right. it's you know. <laughs> no, I'm saying the more in the corporate I mean, in the. Corporate but not, I'm not world, in a corporate office, right? Anymore. I assume you're in a. You yeah, I mentioned one time in the podcast there was a guy in the you know I was working a huge big comp corporation and yeah someone died and they they said. You know, they told everyone, HR emailed and called everyone, said, please go home and and uh, take the rest of the day off, N- no penalties, nothing. Right. <laughs> you know, you know and it, for sure, it, it traumatized people. I'm saying people <laughs> do not, like, believe, like, do not believe, like, but until you can go to, you feel comfortable taking that same, same mental health, they should, should be the same thing as a sick day. And until the... Oh, that'd be great if you then could true. have like some. Then true, you know. I'm saying I know, a lot but of, I, I a do lot that of com- anyway. A lot of comp- a lot of people are doing that. A lot of companies are now giving off mental health days. Yeah, I, I would tell people like you, you could use your sick days, and just have your therapist or mental health counselor, whomever. Obviously, got to be licensed. Yeah, just have them write you a note. Say, if you, if, I, if your company I, I consulted, needs a note. I consulted with IJ and. You know, he had he needed a, a he needed a mental health day. You know, he had some mental health issues. He had to work out. Absolutely, should count as a sick day. Absolutely, uh, and people need to be able to. That's a, a would you would you ever try that before? By the way, taken, I've I've that's taken, a good idea. I've taken a men, I've taken a mental health day before in my past, and I don't refer to it as a mental health day. I just <laughs> I'm not say the health day. I, I just I just needed a day. Off. You needed could, a day. You needed a day not, to yourself. I could not. Yeah. I could not go. It's because I could not go to work today. And I'm somebody who, especially in my current job. I don't miss days. I'm there, and even if I'm taking, even if when I was sick and I was taking a sick day, I'm working from home. It's just, yeah, I drive. I have that drive you know in me to job. work, work, work. I'm worried. I am always, even if it's phantom, somebody's going to take my job. If I'm not doing the work, I need to be out working somebody because somebody else is doing that work. So yeah. if I can outwork them. Is that always so healthy? So is, that <laughs> always, is that always so healthy to do? Not always, but I do believe that uh, in terms of figuring out where we go in this landscape of mental health conversations, I think the best thing to do, and we're still in it, is just to have them. Because yeah. people are going through, imagine, because you're not, sp- people, sorry, to, if I'm breaking this to you for the first time, you're not special. You're not, oh, man, Mr. Rogers. You're not special. You're not the first person to have anxiety, anxious thoughts, and it doesn't even have to invalidate how you feel, but you can get through them. Your will, you there are, there are tools and things that are available for you that can help you manage and get to a place. The first time, if you've never been through depri- a, dep- a depression stage or if you've never had depression, and I'll tell you this much, I've had a few different bouts, thank God, not in a very long time, but there's nothing to, there's, it's very, very hard. There's, and I'm talking about, clin- I'm not talking about waking up one day and not feeling it. I'm talking about clinical depression. If you look up the DSM-5, the DSM-5, I'm talking about you wake up and you've had more days than not that you felt the certain requirements. If you've ever had that, you know, it is not something where someone's just like, you just need to get up and get out and go do it. Those are things that can be very helpful to get out of it. But when you're in it, very, 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 very hard. And those are times where we need to blend having compassion and, and helping other people. We need to understand Amen. that somebody could be really suffering and the answer that you're going to tell them, and maybe the thing that they actually need to do is to get up out of bed and go for a walk. Take that first step. Go to the gym. Yeah. Eat a healthy meal. Or just sit on the couch. Like I'm also right. a big advocate. Just sit on the couch. Don't go anywhere. Order Uber Eats. Treat yourself. Self-care. Yeah. 
self care comes like in. That's many good forms. too. That's a good too. Same, but when you're in that, <laughs> when you're in the shit, and you're really going through it, and sometimes it's maybe you can't leave the house today, but can you get out of bed? Can you walk around the room? Is that something you did today that you didn't do yesterday? It's about building. Life's really just about building momentum. My rabbi in yeshivas stuck with me and will stick with me forever. Life's like an EKG exam. Has its ups oh, and it has its downs. Yeah, I love and that no matter analogy. what you try and do to it, you're going to have your ups and you're going to have your downs. How you choose to react to the ups and how is equal to how you're going to choose to react to your downs, and that's going to dictate the rest of your life and how you choose to to be in it. People, there are people in this world that have all the money in the world and are unhappy. There are people that have barely get by and are happiest people in the world. So figure yeah. out figure out what's valuable to you and understand. And they have both. Yeah, you know, others also. And I, I have no rich people who are happy too. And there are rich people that are happy, but yeah. a lot of the rich people that are happy, it's not because of the money. It's not, right, exactly. It's not about the it's money. Like it's about they, what the maybe what... Const- they know how to get to that mindset. You it's know? that mindset Absolutely. that got... The reason why Absolutely. they were... A lot of people's reason... A lot of the reasons why you became rich could be the reason why you have awful uh, mental health and maybe unhappy. And a lot of the reasons why you became rich might be the reasons why you're actually happy. It's because you knew how to treat people with respect. You had yeah. oh. good self-confidence. You treated... To give back, I mean, when you get to the top, to just even to give back to other people, the acts of service is one of the best things you can do when you're yeah. when you're down. It's, acts of service, yep. It's Act not of help, kindness. It's not how it's it's language. something that I've I, I work on a lot because um, I need to actually probably focus a little bit more on myself as opposed to for other people. It's a distraction for me, but a lot of people I do think really will benefit a lot from uh, getting out of their own head. Um, it's not so I don't think it's so healthy just to focus on yourself twenty four seven all of the time. It's not healthy just to focus a hundred percent on just getting. Yeah, big problem things. daters have big problem like because you know you can't do you can't do camp anymore. You can't do mentorship anymore. You're working like what are what do you what could you do out there? You know, I grabbed I bumped into someone at the OU at the Orthodox Union and I grabbed him and I'm like, you know. Uh, Yankala, I said, what are we what are we doing for the single community? So he said, I. I have to follow up with him. Hopefully he, uh, I'm like, dude, what are we doing? Seriously, like, let's get a trip or let's do some chesed. Come on. Like, what do you just, you just drop us after college? By the way, that's a great singles event. Yeah. Chesed opportunities. Chesed thing. Yeah. Chesed opportunities. I think it would be cool. Unbelievable. I think that's. It's Why didn't you come to the Build a Bias, by the way? Build a Bias. Was, What's a Build a Bias? Build a, uh, whatever. We did a, like a joint partnership with a nonprofit to do like a Shabbaton. Oh, Shabbaton. Was, how much was the Shabbaton? Uh, I think it was three twenty-five. Oh, it was too pricey. <laughs> um, we're, we're you, and you know what? I told the guy who with the OU. I'm like, OU has to cover this. Okay, anyway, um, David, where can the people find you? Uh, if anybody's interested in talking or being a potential guest on the podcast, you can find me. Uh, I guess I have an Instagram. I don't. Uh, you can message me there. It's at uh, Don't Worry About It Podcast. Um, you can also email me at Don't Worry About It Podcast at Gmail dot com. I do just have a final thought, if I may. Yeah, absolutely. Final story. There's one thing that I just wanted to share, um, and it perfectly encaps. I think encapsulates both sides of the dating and the mental health side of it. Uh, there was a girl that I was going out with. We were on our third date. Amazing first two dates. Some of the best dates I've ever had in my life. <coughs> awesome, awesome, awesome person. Really, really connected. And she was telling me on one, I think it was the second date that we were going on, we were talking about mental health. And I always struggle. Do I talk about the podcast? I try not to. I like. I don't hide it. It's just not something. I, yeah, it's, it's tricky really, thing. really tough for me. Um, I don't like being in the spotlights. Part of the reasons why the podcast has been very tough. But she was telling me about one of her friends, and one of her really good friends was dating a guy. And the guy they were got they they dated. They got engaged uh, a week before the wedding. The guy snapped. He just had a <sighs> mental breakdown, and they, the engagement broke. And for her, 
she never could shake that. And it ended up after the third date, there was nothing wrong. She just, because I had, we'd spoken about it, I think on the second or third date, just talked a little bit about anxiety. And I spoke a little bit about my, when we were going through like my history, I was like, oh, like I had this little bout, like I have anxiety, I'm interested in mental health. And for her, when she heard that she, no matter how much fun she had or how good of a connection we had, for her, that her friend having that experience really stuck with her. And when I found out through a person who set us up that that was the reason when she ended, I was like really, really upset. Not at her, just upset. It's the general situation. It like made me mad. I was like, there's nothing I like could have done. Maybe I could have waited. I thought like, could I, should I not have said anything? Should I have waited? And then I, after like a day or two, I started to like think about it again. And I was like, I need to have compassion for this person. Yeah. How much Bingo. that, how much that hurt for her and how much that's sticking with her and how she's prob. I hope, I mean, I hope that she's found like gotten be able I hope she's found success and happiness but like to be able to have something so traumatic that didn't even happen to you to affect you to that capacity that must be really really hard for her. Yeah. Yeah, both really both hard. both sides, both sides garner like earn support, you know. Uh, it's it sucks. It just sucks to be there and and if someone makes a decision, yeah, absolutely. And how hard it is for people to date, you know. We talk about just go get married. It's really hard. Oh yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Oh, go get married. Go get married. Speaking of uh, special people, like you said before, I have a little song for for our for our little because uh, you mentioned special. Everyone, everyone's special. <laughs> you know this song. I don't. Is, was this uh, taught in schools in Lakewood? Mr. Rogers. Oh, I've heard of Mr. <laughs> Rogers. <laughs> All right. Um, David Izo, thanks for coming. Thank you for having me. Um, okay, you told people where they could find you. Dude, you're doing good work, man. Keep it up. So are you. So are you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Uh, come on. I'm just being I'm being a goofball. <laughs> All right. At Nobody Talk Shuduchim. We're on Locals, shidduchim.locals.com. We're on Twitter, Instagram, Linktree, TikTok, at Shidduchim, Instagram, at Nobody Talk Shidduchim. Peace out, people.